happy Wednesday, everyone. We have another week of the NFL regular season under our belts. This week was a little less wacky than week one, but there are still some interesting wins here for the week. I'm Jessica Pash. Chris Ostro is here. We're here for another episode of The Optimal Take, and we're going to go over all the games from last week and give a little preview on our takes for this coming Thursday's game. So, Chris, what was your overall feel for this past week? It was a great week. A lot of exciting games. Really enjoyed it. And I'm just looking forward to getting things started for week three. It's moving along. I can't believe it's week three already. I know. We were so waiting for the season to start. And now it feels like it's really moving by week after week pretty fast. But we'll kick it off here with the Raiders at the Steelers in an interesting win. And we were talking about this a little bit. And you said... It's funny how the Steelers, when they're on the road and they're dogs, they win, but they can't win as home favorites. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to take a step back as far as the Raiders go. I'm going to say this team I've been wrong about the past two weeks, so I'll give credit where credit's due. This has started off for the past few seasons under John Gruden. They've looked good at the beginning of the year and faded towards the end of the season. That might happen again this year because they have a hard schedule coming up, but I'm not going to count them out. Everybody knows when you make picks, you may get a, the feel for a team wrong. It, there's just some teams you don't have a great feel for. For me this year, it's been the Raiders, so kudos to them. And Pittsburgh, they have a lot of injuries right now. Ben, Deontay, the offensive line, they're not getting Najee Harris involved like people thought that they would, and it's just been a disaster for them. What um, is your takeaway about this game? I actually thought that Najee Harris looked a little bit better in this game, at least uh, fantasy-wise. He produced a little bit more than he did in week one, which was helpful. But for people who have him as their RB1, that's that's rough. Yeah, he had an awesome stiff arm. And, you know, his usage will be there, but it just hasn't worked out so far. The Raiders get Miami this week. Then they play the Chargers and the Denver Broncos. So three tough games in a row for them after this week. Yeah, we shall see how things go there. All right, off to the 49ers playing at the Eagles, and I made the awful mistake of benching Kyler Murray and playing Jalen Hurts, which I will never do again. But (laughs) we had a pretty boring game. We both talked about the possibility of this one shooting out, but the Eagles, for what it's worth, they didn't put up a lot of points, but they were able to initially hold back the Steelers from putting anything on the board. Uh, you were talking about Philadelphia versus San Francisco. Or excuse right? me. Yeah. No, I just got confused for a second. I agree with you. Obviously, you'll never bench Murray again. Lesson learned. He's an excellent fantasy football quarterback. But consider the fact for Hertz is a backup, or if you do start him like me in some leagues, it's not as bad as it looks. They had a lot of bad luck in that game. They got down to the red zone, and they just couldn't score. They got stopped on fourth down. They had a guy, Watkins or Rhaegar, I forgot which one it was. I believe it was Rhaegar, actually. Step out of bounds, would have had a 90-yard touchdown. And Hurts still finished his quarterback 10 on the week. And he didn't even have a great game. So his floor is, is very, you know, very good, but his ceiling is even higher. He's going to have those games, which we discussed last week on the show, where he's going to struggle passing. But I wouldn't count the Eagles – offense out just yet i think that san francisco is is a tough opponent and we kind of disregarded it but it was a look ahead game the eagles are playing the cowboys on monday night football that's a much larger game for them than uh philadelphia versus san francisco even early in the season 
Kenny Gainwell, buy into him. He's working in in that passing down role in Philadelphia. Very important. San Francisco, running backs, very injured right now. Not even sure who's going to start. Might be Mitchell, who everyone spent their fat budget on. Could be on Johnson, Patrick, who knows. Ayuk's starting to get work back in more, so pay attention to that. Big Sunday night game versus Green Bay. I agree. I just was hoping for a high-scoring affair in this one, but that's not what we got. Moving on, we had the Texans at the Browns, which was a little bit of a closer game than I initially expected. I know part of that had to do with injuries that happened during the game, but final score there, 31-21 Browns. Houston Texans, disaster. They were keeping it close. They somehow covered the game versus Cleveland here. Cleveland, they've only thrown the ball to wide receivers 16 times this year. Very confusing. I don't know if the pressure of Baker's contract is getting to him, but it's very frustrating. I know some people that had Nick Chubb first touchdown or anytime touchdown during that game, and the fullback was scoring, and all crazy events were transpiring. It was a crazy game. And Cleveland this week, uh, who knows what's going to happen with their wide receiver room. Will OBJ be back? So that's just a very interesting situation. What do you think about it? Yeah, and I think the situation's even worse for the Texans because now they're on their third string backup quarterback who you said is awful and clearly looked at in that game. But, wow, it was a disaster for the Texans. And, yeah, it's bad for the Browns, but I do still think that some of their, you know, third, fourth string receivers are really not that bad. It's not OBJ and it's not Landry, but I feel like they can get by because of – their offensive line, and just how good their running backs are. No, definitely for sure. In regards to Cleveland, and then I'll talk about Houston, Cleveland, people's Jones, Schwartz, they're talented. They just haven't produced yet on uh, Najoku. So we'll just have to see how that transpires. Maybe they'll go with more tight end sets or double running backs. We'll see how that goes. As far as Houston goes, Davis Mills is awful. He played in the preseason in all three games that I watched. He had five turnovers. He's very inexperienced. He only has 11 career starts. He was the top quarterback recruit out of high school, but then he had a myriad of injuries. Panthers defense, if they're available to you in your fantasy league, I would suggest picking them up. They're one of the best defenses in the NFL right now. And I don't know. It's hard for me not to lean with Panthers in survivor pools this week at home. What do you think about that? Yeah, I agree with that, and I think that a lot of people are going to go there. It's an interesting game, though. It's Thursday night game, and again, the Texans, even with all that happened to this team, they still put up 21 points. So, Yes, they're missing a lot of wide receivers, and then we'll just have to see who's even out there for them. It's, it's a short week. You have to remember you have a rookie quarterback who's only getting one practice this week since it's a Thursday night game. It's just a rough spot. One thing I wanted to point out about this Thursday night game before we get into it, every single primetime game has gone over this year. This might be the first one that goes under, in my opinion. Yeah, it's always been a high-scoring affair on these uh, Thursday night games, so we'll have to see what happens with this one. Moving on to the Broncos at the Jaguars. What did you think about this game? The Broncos are balling. Teddy B is the man right now. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, the game was not as close as I thought it would be. Um, I'm waiting for the Javante breakout week. It still hasn't come yet. He's second in the NFL in um, yards per missed tackle, only behind Nick Chubb. So that's a good category to be in. 
Tim Patrick looked great. Noah Fon looked great. Jaguars are just an utter disaster. Marvin Jones might have to step up more or Chark. Shout out to you guys, you know, saying in the group that you were high on him. Levishka Chenault is hurt. James Robinson is down in terms of fantasy this year. I'm not really sure how this plays out, but it just seems like a disaster for the Jaguars while Denver's look great. What do you think is the issue with the Jaguars? Do you think it's coaching? Do you think it's Trevor Lawrence? Do you think it's a combination of things? I'm going to go with coaching. I don't know if a lot of college coaches don't have success because they're used to having ultimate power in the NFL. You have professional athletes that are getting paid millions of dollars. They might not listen to you like a college student who's not mm-hmm. a millionaire yet. And Urban Meyer's not used to losing. We talked about in the summer. I liked them coming into the year. But then I, once I started seeing things transpire and what I was reading, I was like, this is going to be a train wreck. And I got all for them. So I think they have talent, but it's just a very bad culture right now. I would say Denver is also an interesting survivor pick this week while we're on the subject. They're playing against the Jets this week. Vic Fangio Mm. doesn't lose to rookie quarterbacks. They're at home in September. We've gone over this before. Denver's a great pick. They're minus 11. I don't know if that's a great spread, but they're probably going to win the game. Yes, hopefully. (laughs) Moving on to quite the interesting affair, the Saints At the Panthers, which we talked about last week, how this was a trap game for the Saints because of all of the issues that they had going on going into this game with all the COVID cases and their coaches having COVID and them game planning from the hotel room. And just it's it's it was too much to overcome in a short period of time. And they lost to the Panthers in in big fashion. Yeah, if we're going to talk about the Raiders and Pittsburgh is is an off call, this one was one of our very right calls. This is the third game in a row now that the Saints will be on the road because week one they were in Jacksonville, and they looked awful. So you have to think to yourself, how long is Sean Payton going to let Jameis Winston really go before he turns over to Taysom Hill? Because now the Saints play the Patriots this week on the road. So that's not an a easy task. Belichick could really shut them down. It's just really difficult because aside from Kamara, they just really don't have many weapons without Michael Thomas on offense. The team's built around the O-line and the D-line. The defense is just suffering. They have a ton of injuries. And we already spoke about the Panthers. DJ Moore is having a great connection with Sam Darnold, who was a top 12 fantasy quarterback so far this year. And we, at the beginning of the season, said to buy into Darnold. He gets... Houston this week, then Dallas, Philadelphia, Minnesota, the Giants, and Atlanta from weeks three through eight. And I think that the Panthers, you know, at plus 130 on DraftKings to make the playoffs right now live is an interesting bet. Even Matt Rule for coach of the year. I'm not saying the Panthers are going to win the Super Bowl. I think them and Denver could fade in the second half of the year, but they have enough talent to sneak in as the seventh wild card team, both of them. That's an interesting take. I, I kind of see that. And I feel like there haven't really been a lot of other coaches for coach of the year so far to stand out. So that's an interesting take there. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you could turn around Sam Darnold, that's great. But for the future down the line, Joe Brady, as we spoke about in earlier podcasts, it's kind of a difficult situation because he could turn around Darnold, but next year he's going to get a head coaching job. So then Darnold gets another offensive coordinator, but that's for another day. Let's focus on week three for now. Yes. All right. Moving on to the Rams at the Colts. Rams 
pulled out the win. Close game here, just a three-point game, 27-24 Rams. Yeah, this game was absolutely ridiculous how the Colts, I had a lot of Jonathan Taylor in DFS. I was on the Colts to cover, and he could not score. Wentz was out there throwing behind-the-back passes and getting intercepted and shovel passes at the one. It was so frustrating. If you're a Jonathan Taylor owner in regular fantasy, I could understand your frustrations. If the Rams played against any other quarterback, they probably would have lost the game. Jacob Eason came in for the last drive, and he struggled and turned the ball over. On the Rams side of things, Darrell Henderson hurt his ribs, so um, shocker there. Uh, we're going to just have to see how that plays out for the week. The real story of the game was Cooper Cup. He killed it. I had him in DFS with Higby, who did not kill it. I think he'll bounce back, but Cooper Cup and Stafford's chemistry is on fire right now. Yeah, the Rams are off to a pretty good start this year, and I think there is bright things to come for their future. Of course, their defense has to have regressed a little bit from last season, but I think with Matt Stafford there, they have a little bit more on offense now. And also with the Colts, we'll have to keep a close eye on what goes down there because Carson Wentz has injured both of his ankles, so that could be concerning down the line. Yes, the Colts also go on the road for three straight road games, which is never an easy task. This is why we said avoid the, them in fantasy this year. They played the Titans this week, huge divisional game. So that's interesting. As far as the Rams go, they get to take on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at 425 Sunday, probably the game of the, the week. Interesting spread to open up. I know we're not going to really touch on that today, but the Bucs were underdogs with Tom Brady. People jumped on that, and now they're the favorites. So keep that in mind for this Sunday. All right, moving on to the shutout game of the week. The Bills at the Dolphins, 35-0. And we talked about the fact that, you know, Miami is so good in September and playing at home and the Bills might struggle, but clearly that was not the case. And I know part of that has to do with the injury that Tua got, but wow, 35 nothing. Handicapping gets thrown out when starting quarterback on the Dolphins, Tua, gets injured. Buffalo's had a tough schedule so far in terms of defenses played and rough game script versus Miami when they're getting out to a huge lead. Things will pick up for them in fantasy if you have Josh Allen and Diggs and other guys on the team who haven't put up monster numbers. After this week, they play Houston, Tennessee, Miami, Jacksonville, Colts, and Saints. Might be a good time to buy low on Buffalo. And Washington's defense, as we saw last Thursday night, has been giving up a lot of points to wide receivers. So it's very interesting that we may be getting Buffalo Bills wide receivers if they're on our team at the right time by the day. Yeah, but we'll have to monitor what happens with the Dolphins there. What Tua, I believe he has bruised ribs was um, the report that I saw initially, but something to follow in the coming weeks. All right, it's another divisional game in the AFC East. The Patriots at the Jets, which was almost a shutout here. Zach Wilson against Bill Belichick. Yikes. I believe that game ended with four picks. That's uh, the last that I saw at least, but wow. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, we don't have to talk about much from this game. Just buy Michael Carter, invest in Ty Johnson. I think that if you expect anything different out of the Jets, then you're very foolish. James White had a great game. Damian Harris, solid. Patriots might have to go more with a passing game attack versus the New Orleans Saints this week. 
But if you actually thought that the Jets were going to beat Bill Belichick, you're on one. Yeah, not much to say about that game, but no. pretty boring game because of how terrible the Jets looked. Moving on to the Bengals at the Bears. Close game here. It was indicated by the spread, which I believe was only about two. And the Bears were able to pull out the win here 2017. Yes, I believe, depending where you got the number, would have mattered if you covered. I spoke about the Bears that I thought it was kind of weird that Cincinnati was a public back dog and that the Bears were the right side and that that worked out. Justin Fields is going in. Andy Dalton was injured in the game. He returns to his hometown, Cleveland. Spread is kind of high in that game for this week. Recap of this game, I'll say Cincinnati's O-line you were right about is worse than expected. They're giving up the highest sack rate in the league. Chase does continue to score, but they've got to protect Joe Burrow. As far as the Bears go, good time to invest in a guy like Allen Robinson and Mooney because with Justin Fields, their ceiling is high. It may not come this week against Cleveland, even though their defense is struggled, but next week on, they play the lines and the schedule lightens up a little bit. All right, what I will quote you on is the Falcons to cover against the Buccaneers, which they did not. They lost 25-48 in a blowout here. Now, the game clearly went over almost by the Buccaneers alone. But, wow, yikes. At least at least the good news from this game is that Kyle Pitts finally started to show some signs of hope. Oh, God, the Falcons are so bad. How are you down three points in the third quarter with like three minutes left and end up losing by 23 in typical Falcon fashion? Oh, God. Anyway, this show was about entertainment, so no, I'm not going to take that road. I was wrong. I thought that they had a shot to cover. It was pretty embarrassing, but Tampa Bay did Tampa Bay-like things. It's rough investing in the Falcons right now, even playing against the Giants in a spot that they should bounce back in. I really don't have much to say other than possibly pick up Cordaro Patterson. His role seems to increase, and he has wide receiver running back eligibility on Yahoo and other fantasy formats. Hopefully, Ridley and Pitts could pick it up because they're talented, but not the best situation. As far as the Bucks go, they get the Rams. Should be a great game. We already spoke about that. There's really not much that I could say other than Gronk is unstoppable right now. Guy scoring two touchdowns per game. Brady goes for a record this week. If he throws four touchdowns, it'd be the fifth straight game in a row he does that. So if you're thinking of a prop bet for that, you know Brady's big about history. But I don't have much to say other than the Bucks shut me up. Yeah, Tom Brady is a unicorn in this league. All right, the Vikings at the Cardinals in a very, very close game. I was watching this one. Vikings losing by just one point to the Cardinals. Yeah, that was a very entertaining game. Um, my boy Rondell Moore really broke out. Shout out to him. He made the sleepers list in the summer. Colin Murray's bowling, and um, he's a great fantasy pick right now. DeAndre Hopkins, as usual. As far as Minnesota goes, I was surprised with K.J. Osborne. He's run a lot of routes. He's someone also from the preseason, like Moore, that I played a lot, but I didn't expect him to continue to do this. He has an 18% target share already, which is crazy. As far as Minnesota goes, they play against Seattle at home this week. We know Mike Zimmer is a much better coach at home, so it could be a bounce-back spot for Minnesota, but I think that they might stink. I'm, I'm not really sure. I came into the podcast last week with the same thoughts about the Titans, so it's tough. I haven't really decided which way I'm leaning there. And as far as the Cardinals go, they play Jacksonville on the road at 1 o'clock. 
I know probably will be a very popular survivor pool pick. I don't know if I'll go that route because I, I probably won't use Denver or Carolina again, whereas I might want to use Arizona. Not saying that they're going to get upset because the Jaguars are not good, but you never know. It's the NFL. We see surprises every week. Yes, and speaking of surprises, we'll go on to that Titans-Seahawks game where the Titans were able to pull out the win in overtime, 33-30. And Derrick Henry killed you, killed me. I don't really want to talk about it, but I guess we have to. Talking about our post-traumatic stress of football. No, I'm just kidding. He helped me in regular fantasy, but I was winning a ton of money in the 4 p.m. tournaments, and then it just all came crashing down. But we're going to be professionals and talk about it. What was the most interesting thing about Derrick Henry in that game that stuck out to you? How they started off the game, I think. There was a good, solid period of time where he had negative yards. And then I remember checking later down the line because I was working during the game. And he had like 90 yards and he also had a good amount of receptions, which we don't know Derrick Henry as a pass catching back. So it seems like his role could be changing, which could elevate his ceiling even more. Definitely. And that's what my answer was going to be that stood out to me. He had six receptions. He only had 76 in his career coming into the game. So if that role increases, if he could catch two to three passes a week, I'm not asking for much. You're looking at a guy that's going to be fantasy running back number two easily. Tennessee gets the Colts this week, huge game against a backup quarterback for the division. And then they play the Jets and the Jaguars. So I would expect all of Tennessee's offense, this is the time to buy into them. Tannehill has had some bad luck. Prior to the game, his left tackle was ruled out. A.J. Brown struggled with drops. Henry's a monster. And Julio Jones' eruption game will eventually come. So their defense is awful. I think Tennessee's offense is about to click as they get more comfortable in the new O.C. system. As far as Seattle goes, I didn't expect them to lose at home. I thought uh, Carson was a good start, possibly Seattle defense. But the real story on Seattle is Tyler Lockett is balling. Do you have him in any Mm -hmm. leagues? I don't. I was not Uh interested, honestly, in him. Um, I know that he did have a very low price tag. So people who bought him low are definitely very happy. Yeah, I have DK Metcalf. And what's interesting to me is, as someone that had Lockett last year, the targets are very similar between the two players. It's just Lockett has scored the touchdowns and had those big eruption games. I noticed on FanDuel and DraftKings this week, Uh, that DK's price is a lot lower than Metcalf, which I found interesting for the first time. If ownership and the price tag continue to drop on Metcalf, I'm definitely buying back in. That's going to be kind of a theme this week for me, buying in on a lot of guys that people are frustrated with. A guy like DK Metcalf, I think it's the opportunity this week for him to score. And a guy like A.J. Brown as well is now. Speaking of frustration, Justin Herbert just wasn't able to pull it out. I believe it was a last-minute field goal that got him the win there because I did see it was like less than a minute left in the game. It was 17-17. So. Yeah, if you have an, an under ticket or a Cowboys money line ticket, you are very lucky because they took away so many touchdowns from the Chargers, and it was just a bunch of craziness. They got so many total yards and first downs, and then they missed the field goal in typical Charger fashion, but... The Cowboys squeak out the win. 
Uh, some things that stood out to me in this game was what did you think about Tony Pollard being so involved in comparison to Ezekiel Elliott? I think that we kind of call that this offseason and that that was a concern for people that were buying in on Zeke as a first round pick was, hey, this guy is not a bad second string or a backup here for Zeke and he might be involved more. And they even hinted at that. Our coach had said that they, quote unquote, want to save Zeke for the playoffs and maybe that. Yeah, and maybe that means more Tony Pollard time. And listen, the guy is a good running back. There's no reason that he shouldn't get more time. But it just goes to show you that there's more and more NFL backfields that are being split up now. And these first-round picks are getting fewer and fewer to secure a guy that has the volume. Definitely, and that's a great point. And kudos to the Dallas Cowboys coaching staff. They've really played a lot better for their players. The Cowboys defense intercepted Herbert a few times and Kellen Moore had a great game plan against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. But I know a lot of fantasy owners are probably like me. I put him for my waiver request. I wake up this morning. I check out who I got. And I already had Tony Pollard on my team because I was high on him this offseason. I thought with an Elliott injury, he could be a top five running back. But now it's like this guy could be a flex on my team. And it's like, am I really going to start Tony Pollard? But the answer is probably yes. The guy's been bowling. What do you think about that? Or even playing both of them, if you have both of them in the same lineup, they both produce really well the past few weeks. I don't know that I'd play both, but I could see flexing him, especially if you don't have a guy like Zeke. I also was going to ask you, what do you think about that injury to Amari Cooper? I haven't seen any updates on that. Was it a bad injury? Yeah, I haven't seen many updates on that either. It popped on the report yesterday. Usually injuries come out more news by Friday. I know that's not the best answer since people's waivers are before them. But if you have Cooper, pick up a guy like Wilson or if you like Noah Brown. It's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I don't have any further information at the time. But Cooper's kind of tough and he will play through injury. And he scores on prime time. So if he plays, he's probably going to score. Yeah, that was my question, and I forgot that they do have the Monday night game, so it gives them a little bit more time. Yeah, even worse for fantasy owners. I don't want to gloss over the Chargers, so I'll be very fast. I know we're pressed for time. Big Mike had a huge game. He's in a contract year. Guy went from just big shot guy to a huge uh, volume guy this year. He's getting a bunch of targets. Him and Herbert are on, you know, the same page, and a lot of people were concerned about Austin Eckler's receiving workload. But he was dialed in. I was a little afraid when he had that concussion scare. But he had all three goal line rushes. So Eckler could be in line for a huge year like we predicted at the beginning of the year if this continues. Absolutely. Chiefs at the Ravens in a sad (laughs) loss to the Ravens. What a wild game. Sunday night football did not disappoint the Chiefs losing by one point to the Ravens. What did you think about this one? I thought everybody in America, as I was getting my phone blown up, was live betting the Chiefs as Mahomes gets Mm -hmm. the ball back. And then CEH, oh my goodness, what a bum. Yeah. He is, uh, that's something that I got wrong this year. So far, he's looked like a middling talent. I don't know if his high ankle sprain's gotten in the way. But something I I thought of right before we went on the air just now was I wonder if CH role changes at all after that fumble. Will Darrell Williams been involved more? Jarek McKinnon. So it's something to monitor for this week. I'm not saying go pick them up, but if they're available and you have a spot, you could do worse. 
as far as the Chiefs go, I'm not concerned with anything. Otherwise, just Miko Hardman always seems to let me down <laughs> in similar fashion to a guy like MVS. But I have nothing really other to say than Lamar. He carried the team. And Hollywood Brown's balling. And Mark Andrews could have a breakout week sooner rather than later. As far as the running backs go on Baltimore, monitor the situation. Latavius Murray got the touchdown. Ty Williamson seems to be the starter, but we're not quite sure how that's going to go for the future. Yeah, I was so frustrated in that game because I thought that Kelsey wasn't going to get a touchdown because all these random guys were getting touchdowns like Byron Pringle and Demarcus Robinson. And I was like, where is Travis Kelsey's touchdown? Come on, just give it to him. I eventually got it, but... Yeah, great game for Sunday Night Football. That was a lot of fun. Primetime games, always expect the unexpected. One thing we learned this year. Yes, and moving on to the last game that we had here to cover from last week, the Lions at the Packers, who in the first half, it was a pretty close game. I mean, they were going touchdown for touchdown, point for point. And I I was thinking to myself, I'm not sure if both defenses are garbage or if the Lions aren't as bad as we thought they were, but clearly the Packers blew it up in the second half here and they pulled out the win 35-17. Yes, I did actually end up watching the first half because I'm a loser and I wanted to watch. (laughs) But no, in all seriousness, the Lions and the Packers defenses are both not good at all. The Lions have been one of the worst second-half teams in the NFL over the past five seasons, but it was an entertaining game. Hawkinson is someone that I probably was too low on. He's been dominating so far this year. And I think that this week the Lions take on the Ravens, which is kind of interesting because the Ravens have dominated historically teams like this going forward, but it could be a letdown spot for them in terms of the spread. So I'm going back and forth on that um, after they just beat the Chiefs, but who knows? We'll debate that more on Friday's show. As far as the Lions go in this game, Cephas really stepped up. I thought he had a really great game since they're lacking weapons. And the Lions offense is kind of sneaky, which is kind of weird because I don't really like any of their players in particular. You see a lot of names out there of guys that I would play in the preseason, like Benson, Cephas, very strange. As far as the Packers go, MBS was so close. He was fingertips away from breaking the slate. Aaron Jones is balling, scored so many touchdowns. But um, the biggest takeaway for me in that game was A.J. Dillon. He almost got Aaron Rodgers killed in the fourth quarter, and Aaron Rodgers gave him the stank face. So mm. I don't think we'll be seeing A.J. Dillon much. And that's a shame because I was on Dillon and Pollard, so I got one out of the two right, which if I was a baseball player would be great, but I'm not. 50-50. Yep. All right. And that's everything for last week. Let's give a quick preview here, a couple thoughts on our Thursday night game, which I said, who in the world wants to watch the Panthers at the Texans in primetime? But that's what we get this week on Thursday night. Yeah, as I said earlier in the show, if you fast forward and just went to this section, I would say that this game goes under. I'm not really a fan of the Texans quarterback. And I think as far as someone to score a touchdown. What do you think about this? I'm going to say something crazy right now. I think that Chubba Hubbard gets in the end zone in the fourth quarter because Christian McCaffrey came out of the game last week. I think they get a huge lead. He's had 61 touches the past two weeks. Maybe he scores in the fourth quarter. That's my crazy off-the-wall play. If I was going to go with something a little more safer, 
I think I'm torn right now between Robbie Anderson, who people have given up on. They're just looking at DJ Moore or Terrence Marshall Jr., who's been targeted the most in the red zone on the team besides Dan Arnold, but just hasn't scored yet. I feel like Carolina is going to impose their will on this team and get people involved that haven't really been, you know, getting involved so far. What do you think about that? I- I like Robbie Anderson. I was actually thinking about that as you started talking about touchdown scores. That was the first name that came to my mind. And I don't want to will anything on Mm -hmm. their second string running back because I have Christian McCaffrey on my team. So I'm just going to say that Christian McCaffrey is going to ball out. But, you know, it's just depending on how much of a lead they establish here for against the Texans, I should say. Maybe they do take out some people in the fourth quarter if they're up, you know, 20 points or something like that. But at the same time, I really don't imagine them doing this. I feel like Sam Darnold's on his revenge tour right now to show America that he's not a crappy quarterback and that the Jets organization just didn't give him what he needed to succeed. So I feel like Sam Darnold's going to ball out in this game. 100%. He could be the MVP in the lineups for showdowns for you guys. And shout out to me because I had the guts to go on national shows and say Sam Darnold was a sleeper quarterback and got laughed at by people in the same profession. So shout out to me for saying Sam Darnold. That's okay. Pat myself on the back. All right. Well, (laughs) we have talked a lot about football. It's time to wrap things up here. Hopefully you all do well on Thursday Night Football for – everyone that's going to be wagering and playing DFS. It's going to be a rough game, but we have an exciting slate for this weekend, and we'll be back on Friday to talk more about that. Yes, we shall, and I will continue to bang the drum about the Panthers. All right. Have a good one, everyone. Peace.